me if you're visiting. I want to say a special welcome to you. My name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, we're just really glad that you're here. And if you already know me, uh, then welcome back. Welcome back. Hope that you're having a great day so far. We are in this series, uh, and it's been a great series. Uh, I love it already. We're only in week two, where we are just looking at five words. That's, that's what we're doing. Five weeks, five words that we believe God can use to change your life. So Chad, last week, started out this series with the word no. That, that we really started this with the word no for a couple reasons because I think so many of us, if we're all honest, we just kind of cram everything in our days to where we're stressed out, we're worried, we're overwhelmed and exhausted. And so we wanted to start to say, why is it that we can't say no to some of those things? And, and so he looked at some temptations that we have to not say no. And, and that's why it's really hard to say no because, you know, really, if you think about it, what the world kind of pushes us to is if you're not cramming your schedule and if you're not feeling stressed, you're doing it wrong. Well, God is saying, no, that's not the right way to go. So that's what we looked at uh, in the first week. And if you didn't listen to that, I really encourage you to catch that. You can go to iTunes and find us on there. You can go to the website and listen in. Grab uh, a message on our app that we have. Listen in on that. Uh, really good message. So I thought before we would move to the next word uh, that we would kind of spend a few seconds with no. Because when Chad ended, uh, he had us all yell no. And I thought it was great. Uh, so I want to do it again. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some statements that the world says, and I want you to say no to it like you got some guts, like you're just like, no, I'm not going to do what the world says to do. So I'm going to say the statement, and we're all going to yell no. Okay, here we go. You ready? Crit. Now see that? Ah, oh, good job. That was a trick. All right, ready? Cram your schedules to the max. No. Oh, yeah. Be so rushy you're stressed out. No. no way. Do things to impress people you don't even like. No. Be so consumed at work that your family suffers. No way. Don't plan any downtime. No. Say yes. Uh, I, no, you can't say no to that. That's, our, that's the next word we're doing. Yeah, you can't say no to that. Today's word is yes. It's yes. Now, we started out uh, with no for a reason. Because what we have found out and what we all know in our lives, we need to make some margins for God in our life. That God can really work in the margins. So today, this is why. Because today, I want us to understand and I want us to walk away with this great message from God. And here it is. You were made for yes. You were made to say yes to God. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to see how powerful this word yes is and what God can actually do when we have a yes God kind of life going on. See, I think a lot of us get following Jesus a little wrong. That we believe that God is kind of more anti-everything. And so we, then we kind of operate with this impression that God is more about saying no in this life. And, and here's the thing. There, there are some truths to that. that, that there, there are some things that God is against that we need to be aware of, that we need to really stay away from. That, that's absolutely true. But, but here's the deal. And this is what I want us to catch this morning. You see, when we operate in the idea that we live only based on what God is against, then we are missing something that is fundamentally uh, amazing in the Christian life. And it's this. It's that being about not only what God is against, but also being about what God is for. God is for life. He is for you to flourish. He is for you to actually see amazing, unbelievable, unmistakable things that God wants to do. He made you for yes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Check out what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians. Here's what he says. We're going to wake everybody up this morning. He says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That's Jesus. That is why it's through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. 
So here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying something here about God and his promises. He's saying, hey, you know what? Not a few of them, not most of them. Every single promise from God is a yes to you in Christ Jesus. How great is that to understand? And here's what he's saying. When we start to understand that every one of God's promises, again, there's thousands of promises in the Bible from God. When we understand that that is God saying yes to us, then what he says is we utter our amen to that. God made us for yes. I don't know if you know much about the word amen. It's a churchy word. But the word amen actually has a lot of meaning to it. Here's what it means. It means let it be so or so be it or yes, amen. So he's saying when we see the yeses from God, we say yes to God. That's what we're going to be talking about. Here's the thing that I want us to be laser focused in on today. Here we go. I believe, this is what I believe, the unbelievable experiential things that we hope for and want from God only happen in the yes. That's the only time that we'll see it is when we say yes. Finding satisfaction, understanding God's fulfilling work in you, his long-lasting joy is only found in the yes that we give to him. He made you for yes. I'm not sure where you are. I don't know what circumstance you had coming in this building. I'm not sure about any of that, but you were absolutely made for yes in Christ Jesus. So if you're here and you are in Christ, you can say yes to God and let him do some amazing things in your life. That's what I want to talk about today. So so this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how we actually get ourselves positioned in a say yes life, in a yes God life where we can see God do some things in us. And so we're going to have this attitude of saying yes, and and that can absolutely turn things around. And how we're going to do that is I'm going to walk through a story, a story that a lot of us know, a story that a lot of us may have grew up with, but it's something that it will be an absolutely great backdrop to this say yes attitude that we want. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Open them up to Matthew chapter 14, okay? And as you're doing that, we all said no last week. Let's say yes on three. One, two, three. Yes. Yeah, that's what we want to do today. We're going to say yes to God. All right. Matthew chapter 14. Now, I'm going to get us uh, up to this point because here's what we're going to do this morning as you're getting to Matthew 14. We're going to drop ourselves in the middle of a day. And it's a crazy day with Jesus and his followers. So up to this point, let's see what happens. First thing that we, that we find out is that Jesus actually on this day finds out that his really good friend John was put to death. And that he just heard that. He wanted to get away. He wanted to be by himself. You know, we can relate to that when we hear news like that. He just wanted to be, be somewhere off on his own. But here's the problem. Crowds were following him. Thousands of people were actually wanting to be around Jesus because they saw him teach about the kingdom of God. They heard what he was saying. It was something amazing. They they actually saw miracles happening with him, healing people, and and these unbelievable messages of healing. They saw him do these things. So everybody was following him. He was trying to get somewhere on his own. So what he ends up doing is he gets in a boat. He's, He's near this big body of water. He gets in this boat to go to the other side. And when he lands on the other side, what's he see? More crowds waiting for him to actually come to shore. So he gets to shore, and instead of trying to, like, you know, get out of that situation, he turns and he faces the crowd, and he heals them, and he teaches. He doesn't go away. He actually goes into their lives. And this happens. This is going on all day, all day, teaching and healing and all this stuff. It starts to get late. They're in a desolate place, it says. People are getting hungry. They haven't eaten all day. So the disciples kind of go to Jesus, and they're, they're giving him the problem. Hey, everybody needs to eat, and we don't have any food. And so Jesus tells him, he goes, well, uh, here's what he says. He says, well, you feed them. 
And see, he, he was testing them right there, and they didn't know how to take this when he said, well, why don't you feed them? And one of the, one of the guys actually started calculating how much it would cost to feed thousands of people. That's, that's his answer to Jesus. Well, it would cost the X amount of dollars. And so then Jesus says, well, tell me what you got. And so this other guy, because, again, there's thousands of people there. This other guy says, and I think he was being funny. He goes, well, this little boy has his lunch. Like, that's what he said. And Jesus said, give, give it to me. And so they give him this, this food. It was a couple fish and a couple pieces of bread. And he lifts it up and he prays to God and he thanks God for it. And what Jesus starts doing, he starts dividing it out and giving it to his, and then they start dividing it out and dividing it and dividing it. And, and then all of a sudden, unbelievable thing, thousands of people ate. Everybody ate and it said they were satisfied. And then they also had leftovers. It was crazy. And people saw it. They witnessed it. These people remembered that story. This is their day so far. This is where we're at so far. So people being healed, thousands being fed with one Lunchable. Amazing, right? <laughs> but it's what happens next that we're going to see that something amazing also happens. Something special happens in the next part of this story. So let's pick up this story here in Matthew chapter 14, and let's read in verse 22. Here's what it says. It says, immediately he made the disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after that, he had dismissed the crowds. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Okay, so Jesus finally gets his alone time. He sends the guys back out to the other side. Uh, I researched this a little bit where they were. The, the body of water they were in was about four or five miles wide. So really, if you think about it, it's about Taze Valley to Hurricane-type distance, okay? And, and so they should have been there with not a whole lot of time around, but they weren't there because the storm was bad. It was windy. They couldn't get there. It was like they were just, it was like an uphill battle for them. They were just grudging here. It was just really tough. Uh, we don't know how far in they are. We don't know how far out they are, but they're just out there struggling, okay? So let's keep going. It says, and in the fourth watch, which the fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's about where they're at. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now, if you've been here for a while, I always like reading the story and just thinking a little bit. I just think the first thing they say is kind of funny. It's a ghost. Like it's Ghostbusters kind of thing going on. I, I just find it funny. Now, here, here's what I want to tell you. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. Why would they put this in there, you know? Now, here's the thing for me. I've never seen a ghost because they're not real. I've never seen a ghost, so I don't know. I'm just saying. But, but here's, I'm going to be a little vulnerable to you today, all right? I hope you can accept my vulnerability. Uh, the other day, uh, not just this past week, Courtney and the kids uh, left town. Okay, so I was, I was home by myself, right? And I didn't know what to do with myself, but that's beside the point. And so nighttime came, and so I was getting ready for bed, and I'm t I never heard more creaks and moans and weird things in my life. I locked my bedroom door. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know why. I, I, don't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So here's the thing. Just, just so you know, if I'm on that boat, I could see me saying it's a ghost. I'm just saying. I, don't, I could see it happening. Just saying, okay? But then, see Jesus' response. And this is really one of the big things we got to catch in the first step to saying yes to God. So let's see what Jesus says. He says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it's I, don't be afraid. 
So Jesus says, he goes, take heart. Some of your translators say, take courage. He said, it's me. It's okay. So this is what Jesus is saying. Now, this is a phrase, by the way, uh, the phrase that he says, take courage, take heart. He actually, this isn't the only time that he says that. Jesus actually says this phrase a whole lot of times uh, in the Bible. We saw Jesus say this exact same phrase to a paralytic man before he healed him. We saw him say it to a blind guy when he, when he gave him his sight back. He said it to a guy whose daughter died. He said, take courage, take courage, before he raised her from the dead. And he said this same exact phrase, take courage, take heart, when he was talking to his disciples, when he said, hey, you know what? In this life, you're gonna have trouble. But he said, take courage, I've overcome the world. So he's used this phrase, take heart, take courage, a lot. But he's saying, hey, be comforted, I'm here. So the first thing that Jesus wants us to know about taking a step and saying yes, is that saying yes takes courage. Saying yes, if you're taking notes, takes courage. Jesus says, it's okay. Hey, don't be afraid. I'm here. Now, here's the thing uh, about courage. See, courage is kind of a tricky thing. We, a lot of us get, get it messed up with what courage is. Um, the thing with courage is that fear will not go away. Because here's the thing about courage. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is actually taking a step of action in spite of the fear. Big difference. Jesus says, take courage. I'm here. First thing we need to know is you got to have courage and that Jesus is there, that he's there. So let me ask you as we go through these points. Have there been times where you've said no before you've even seen Jesus in it? Where you just said, you know what, that's too risky, I don't know, I got my doubts, you know, I can't see how this is going to work out. I got too many questions. And and before you even let God be seen in it, you're already shutting it down. Before you actually take that step, have you you ever just let God in with with those big prayers? Have you you even not gone that step to take these big prayers to go, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure. Help us see God. First step in saying yes is having courage. Now, I want to give you the second step. Uh, before we move on, if you're taking note, here's the second step. This is a big one. Saying yes to God also takes connecting the dots. Now, I want to do something. I'm going to jump uh, to another book here. I'm going to jump to Mark. If you've if you got your Bibles, you can jump to Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read it here off my paper. But this is the same story, same account, or same, same thing going on, just a different eyewitness account here uh, to the same story. And here's why this is important. What we're going to read is just a little detail, okay? And in this little detail is something really important. I think if we, miss any, if we don't miss it any day, don't miss this right here. In this detail, this is one of the most important things in the difference with people who say yes to God way more in their lives, okay? So again, they're out in the water. Jesus comes out, they're scared, and he goes, hey, take heart, it's me, and here's what it says. And it says, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Okay, now, I just, isn't that a strange detail? I just find that that's an interesting detail, that in the middle of the storm, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we forgot about the bread. But, but here's the thing. I think Jesus did this whole thing for a reason. I think he sent these guys out on the boat, and he knew why he was doing this, because they still didn't get it yet. They just came from this. Just, again, imagine what's going on. They, they had a hard time. So this is what happened on the boat. 
See, they saw all this stuff happen. They saw Jesus, like, do these miracles. They saw him feed thousands of people with a Lunchable. I mean, I'm telling you, it's crazy. And yet it says that they still didn't understand. And Mark tells us they didn't understand because they were still astounded that he was walking on water. But Mark tells us because they didn't get it. And here's what he's saying. Here's what we got to catch. Mark is saying here, and what I think God is telling us, they had a hard time connecting the dots with what Jesus has already done with what he currently can do. And gang, isn't that us sometimes? Isn't that us? That sometimes for us, it's difficult to make the connection with what God has done in our life to what we think he can do or he will do. Because here's the truth. Like, if you think about it, if you're here and you're a Jesus follower, we really believe some extraordinary things about Jesus. Like, they're extraordinary. We believe, most of us in here believe, that Jesus, see, he came for a reason, and he died on a cross. We believe he died on a cross. And when he did that, something spectacular happened, that there was an exchange of God's righteousness for our sin. That when he died on the cross, he took our sin and he made it right, okay? And then, not only that, that we believe that exchange happened if we believe in that, then three days after he died, he just lived again. God raised him from the dead. He just came back from the dead and said, hey, I'm back. We believe this. And then after that, they saw him ascend into heaven. We believe this. We believe all of that stuff. And then Christianity eventually became the dominant religion of the entire world. People died for this message. The eyewitnesses went to death believing this. And we believe these extraordinary things too. We believe it happened. But when we try, listen, to connect those things that we believe and we know in our lives, we sometimes have a difficult time connecting the dots with what he can do. We, we all have all kinds of reasons to give. Why, why I don't know about doing that or I'm not sure about this or have you really thought about all the angles here and all that stuff? And it's in the reality of this gang, we're not connecting the dots with who he is and what he can do. This one is so crucial to understand if you want to live in the yes God life. And it's this, see, connecting the dots between what God has done and what he can still do is the difference. It's the difference in the people who you see saying yes to God way more often in their life. Huge, huge to understand. Now, this is what's great, because the story, you see, it keeps going. It doesn't stop there, and we're going to keep reading, because here's the thing. There was one guy on the boat who connected the dots. So let's keep reading here. It says, Peter, where are we at? Verse, oh, 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me and come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. Third step. And saying yes is saying yes takes obedience and trust. Saying yes takes obedience and trust. Here's the thing as you're writing that down. You know what we miss when we read this? This is too familiar of a story for us. It's like we grew up with this and we don't really look at it. I just think about things when I read stories like this or reread them. Like the thing with Peter that I get, we kind of skip a little bit of this and we see see him on the water. And it's great. We see him. We're like, man, you know, that's amazing. He was walking on water. That's what we picture. It's this amazing thing with him walking. But here's what we got to catch. This is what you got to know. Peter didn't know how to walk on water. He had no idea. Think about it. Think about that for a second. He had no clue. He had no experience on water walking. Okay? And I think about that. 
But gang, here's the thing that you got to catch. You've got to catch this. It didn't matter. Do you know why? Because Peter already connected the dots. You see? See, here's the thing. I don't think that getting out of the boat was the tricky part. I don't even think walking on the water was the tricky part. You know what the tricky part was? Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. But back to this point. Back to this point with Peter. I mean, Peter walking on water for some people, for probably those guys, it was something unbelievable. It was crazy. Them watching this and us thinking about that. But here's the point. This is the point that we want to see in this point. See, Peter already had a history with Jesus. And so you know what the history told him? I got to trust him. I'm going to obey him. Simple as that. Simple as that. I'm going to trust. I'm going to obey. I already connected the dots. I'm out. You know, as a college, uh, I lived in a house. I lived in a house college with four guys, and if that wasn't smelly enough, five dogs, okay? And my friend, my roommate, Pat, <coughs> he had a dog named Rocky. Rocky was the most amazing dog I ever met. I will never meet a better dog in my life. I wish he was my dog. I really do. My, I'll talk about my dog here in a second. Uh, but Rocky was like so loyal to Pat. I've never seen a dog that loyal. So one day, we decided to test his loyalty. Now, the house we lived in was a big house, and it had a second-story sort of overhanging porch that looked over uh, the garage, and the garage kind of came in this way, and, so the, and we had couches out there. So all the dogs, when we were out there talking, would get up there, jump up on the couch, and kind of lead over and just watch us talk, and it was kind of creepy. But uh, we would watch, and we would always be down there. And so we were down there one day, and um, Pat and me and a couple other people, and so we said, you know, I wonder if Rocky would jump. Now, here's the thing, guys. This, is, this was not 10 feet. This was, the, the driveway was angled. No sane human being would jump this. I'm telling you right now, it was really, really far. And so we were like, I don't know. And so Pat looks up at Rocky and he goes, come on, boy. And I'm telling you guys, without hesitation, he jumped. He jumped. It was awesome. I mean, we were like, what happened? And he caught him. Everything was great. And we were just like high-fiving. And Rocky was like, ruff, ruff, ruff. Like, it was great. It was, it was the most amazing thing we've ever seen. So I look up at my dog, Spanky. And he looked at me. And he jumped off the couch and went into the living room. Because he's a jerk. And I didn't, he didn't, either that or he didn't trust me. I'm picking jerk. Uh, but listen, it was amazing. That, that loyalty was unbelievable. What a picture. What an image with Peter and Jesus. Unbelievable. Just imagine being one of those guys. You know, Peter stands up. He's kicking his sandals off, and they're thinking, what, is he, what are you doing? Hey, hey, Peter, that's Jesus out there. You're Peter. Are you nuts? Like, what are you thinking, man? He gets out, and he walks on the water. Because he connected the dots, he had courage, and he trusted him, and he obeyed him, and an amazing thing happened to one guy. Let's keep reading. Okay. But now, here's what it says, verse 3. It says, now when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you have little faith. Why? Did you doubt? All right. Fourth step in saying yes. See, saying yes takes constant focus. It takes constant focus on Jesus. Now, I want to talk to us here for a second on this one. See, we will actually have doubts. We're going to have times where we're not really sure. Even when we say yes to God, there are going to be times where it gets a little overwhelming. 
There are going to be times where it's not going to go every way that we think it's going to go when we say yes to God. But here's the most important thing for Peter, and it's the most important thing for every single one of us this morning. You see, once Peter lost his focus, he lost control. And then once he lost control, he immediately remembered what's stronger than the waves and what's even more powerful than him walking on water. And he just immediately focused on Jesus. And he said, help me. And here's what I want us to catch, gang. Here's what I want us to catch. It says immediately, immediately Jesus picked him up. You want to know why? You got to catch this. Because Jesus wasn't sitting on the boat watching him. He was out in the water with him. Because God doesn't leave you hanging when you say yes. He's with you right there. And we will stumble. We're going to have times when in the yes we're going to say, I don't know God. He will be right there because he's there with you in the yes. He's not hanging out in boats. He's out there in the water. So it takes connecting the dots. It takes courage. It takes trust and obedience. And it takes constant, constant focus on him. Because he's not going to go anywhere. He'll be there to pick you up in the yes. We got to believe that. Now, if that was the whole story, it would be a great story, but it keeps going. And I'm telling you, gang, if we miss this last part, we're going to miss the whole point of this thing. Okay, so let's keep reading here. Two more, two more verses. And in these last two verses that we're going to read today, this is where the meat of it is. I'm telling you right now, this is the meat of it. Here we go, verse 32. It says, and when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, we have to see something here or we'll miss it. We got to catch this last part here because this is the whole point. You see, this is a story where if we just kind of walk away today with, hey, man, I got four great steps to say yes, we're going to miss it. See, this is, this is something where we can see something great about Peter, but this isn't about Peter, do you know? This isn't about Peter. We can get some great thoughts about, hey, you know, I don't want to stay in that boat, but this isn't about the boat. This isn't even about the guys in the boat. But now stay in this moment with me, okay? Stay in this moment for a second, okay? Peter, God connected all these things, and he's out there, right? He, he, he had these things. He trusted, he obeyed, and now he's out there walking. And then, and then he starts to sink because he took his focus off, and then he says, help me. Jesus picks him up. He was sinking, now he's not. He's got him back up. And then here, listen, they get in the boat. Be with me here in the story. They get in the boat. Now now I'm thinking, wow. Because the next thing that happens is Jesus just turns off the weather. You see that? It says the wind stopped. He turned off weather like he clicked a ceiling fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Peter's probably like, why now? I was dying out there, man. Like, why didn't you shut it off when I was out there? You know, catch this though. He just shut it off. He shut off weather. And I'm wanting to know, like, what are the guys saying to Peter? You know, he's in there, he's drenched, just soaked to the bone. You think they're coming up, they're like, man, Peter, I mean, way to go. You said yes, good, good job. Man, you did great. Or maybe they're like, oh, man, you almost got there. That was a little embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, you almost died, you know. I, I, good job, though. I mean, it didn't look as bad as you think it did, Peter, you know. I mean, I'm wondering, like, what they're thinking. They're like, wow, you know. No, they didn't say that. They didn't say it at all. What did they do? They took all of this in, everything that happened, and what did they do? They worshiped Jesus. They said, 
Truly, he's the son of God. They got on their knees and they said, son of God, everybody, son of God, this is it. This is him. See, this isn't about Peter. This isn't about the boat. This isn't about the other guys. This is all about Jesus. Don't miss this. This is about Jesus. And gang, here's the thing. That's why we say yes. Yeah? That's why we say yes, because truly he's the son of God. And he's out there on the water. I want to be with Jesus. Because truly, he's the son of God. Every day, every day you face your life with a bunch of yeses or noes to God, every day. I just want to ask, what would it look like if you said yes to God more? What would it look like if you could connect the dots with what he's done to what he can do more? What would your life look like? What would this place look like if we had more yes God people that were actually seeing his fulfillment because we said yes to him? If we decided to take on a radical way of living because we were made for yes. Now here's the thing. When God does ask us for something, we actually have a choice. He made us a choice. We can say no. You know why? Because he didn't want to have robots. You know, when, when he actually presents something, we can say no because we can say, you know, let me think about it a little bit, God, and get back to you. Let me, let, you know, I don't know if the timing's not right. I'm not sure, God. I'm, I'm going to say in a boat. Or, you know, I, you know, I just don't think it's going to work out. Or, or, hey, as soon as, as soon as that stuff happens, you know. But we can also look at Jesus and see him for who he is and say yes. We could just say yes. Did you know that? You could say yes. I look at my life, guy. I'm just telling you guys, if you just, please listen. I look at my life and every single experiential thing with God that I would say is amazing is actually pinned to a yes. It's a yes in my life. I think about when I said yes to do ministry. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I couldn't imagine not being up here, not being a part of this, this movement, this, this church and what God is doing. Do you know how easy it could be that I could still be in a cube with an all right job, with a job I didn't mind, with, with just, just a normal way of life? You know how easy that could have been? I just imagine what, what would happen if I would have said no? I think about Chad saying yes to opening the door of opportunity here for me. What if he said no? He's probably thinking about that, actually. He's probably like, what if I did say no? Less headaches for me. Uh, what about you? What about you? Or you, or you? What about saying yes? What, what about saying yes to a short-term mission trip? And what if that actually alters your life and changes the course of what God could do? What, what about just saying yes and growing your faith a little bit, just a little yes, and, and, and joining a group? Or being a part of what we do here. Or actually saying yes in your marriage. Say, we are going to pray one day a week. Absolutely, we're going to get after it. What that would do to your marriage if you just said those yes. But you got to say yes. You got to say yes. I think about my brother who 22 years ago said yes to introducing me to Jesus. I'm so glad he said yes. Man, I'm so glad he said yes. You know, what if sharing your faith with your friend or just telling your neighbor about Jesus, just saying yes to that. What if not only do they get saved, but then others do because they share their faith and then they tell them about Jesus and it goes on and on and on, but you gotta say yes. You gotta say yes. I think about us as a church. I think about this place that we're just full of people saying yes 
in this movement that we see God doing. You know, we started in, a, in an elementary school, and then we got in this building, and now we're all set on course for another big vision that God has for us. I could not imagine four years ago us just going, you know what, let's circle the wagons. We're done reaching people. We're done growing. We're, we're good. We've done enough. We've done. I don't want to be that place. I'm so glad we said yes. I couldn't imagine us being a church that says no. So many of you right in here today, I want to encourage you. Oh, man, I want you to walk away going, gosh, I could say yes to God. So many of you right here, gang, are one yes away from God putting you on course from the biggest change of your life. Just one yes. Just one. And sometimes the big God things happen that we want to see happen. You know, sometimes those big God things happen just when we say the little yeses to him. Do it. I challenge you. Just say the little yeses and see what he does. It's unbelievable. God loves doing that. So what about it? Guys, every yes is different in this room, but you are made for yes. You are made to go out there with Jesus. What's holding you back? What, what in your life right now is failing to connect the dots? Can you challenge yourself to connect those a little bit more? Where do you need to just step back, listen, and just see Jesus for who he is and where he is and where you want to be and go, what am I doing just sitting here? Time to go out there, time to get wet, time to get drenched. Let's go, let's do it. You need to say yes. And here's the deal. This is important. This is the deal. You, you can just stay there. Like, honestly, gang, you could stay there in your faith, and there's going to be plenty of people there with you. Trust me. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be easy to stay there in your faith. And you know what? Staying there in your faith, kind of sitting there, you're going to see God things happen. You'll see them. You really will. It, it could happen. You'll see these things. But you will never truly experience it in the boat. You'll see it, but you, God will not change you like that. He, that's Because he doesn't hang out in boats. He's out there in the water. You won't be rocked by God like that, trust me. Here's the point this morning, guys. The point is that Jesus truly is the son of God. Don't miss that point. That's what the whole story is about. Jesus is the son of God. But listen, Peter walked on water because he said yes. I want us to be a yes God church. Do you? Man, I want to see a yes God life in you. Do you? I want to see his community change because we just keep saying yes to God. Do you? All right, well, let's go do it, okay? Let's be a yes, God movement. I just want to see what God could do if we just believe what he can do is attached to what he did do. And what he did do, we put our whole lives in, right? Well, let's put our lives in what he can do in us and let's say yes together. Let's do it, okay? Let's go after it. Let's get wet, all right? God, you made us for yes. You made us for yes. You love us and you want to see us live this amazing life. You want us to thrive. You want us to actually be there, out there with Jesus and live in this life that you set us on course for. Help us do that. Help us see where we need to, to connect the dots. Help us to see where we need courage. Some of us need courage in some of those yeses that we know we need to say. Help us have courage. Help us be obedient when we're not obedient. Help us trust you where we need to trust you so that we can say yes to you. Thank you for Jesus for making all of this possible, that without him we can't be doing any of this but that we can say yes to you because of him. Help us see you, help us experience you, help us uh, really love you more because we do and, and we know you love us. We pray for all this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, go out there and say yes to God this week. We'll see you next time, all right? Call me out, call me out.